and yeah. we are back. Yeah. <laughs> like Stanley's making Love all these Georgia. ad libs. <laughs> Stanley's making and, and Alyssa's requesting. Alyssa's over here requesting <laughs> the most ratchet song she could think of. Whatever. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on ninety point three FM WHCR, the Voice of Harlem. Shout out to Prince. Shout out to Beyonce. Shout out to Percy Sledge. No shout out to Jay Z. Jigging Man's in trouble right now. He's in doghouse. I had to delete my friend Becky out my phone because Becky's are in danger right now. Beyonce's not feeling Becky's. Therefore, Marilyn is not feeling Becky. Becky. Therefore, I cannot feel Becky. No, she's only not feeling the Becky with the good hair. If no, you're it, Becky with the bad hair, it then... All Becky's are in danger. <laughs> Marilyn wants a list of all my white female friends. <laughs> that it ain't Becky yeah. with the good hair? Yep. I'm like, listen, babe, oh, I'm boy. not. like it's just, it's just dangerous out here in these streets. But anyways, guys, if you're just tuning in, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard. This is Stanley Fritz, your favorite PC engineer on the ones and twos. I am here with Selena Hill and Alyssa Fuchs, and we just finished talking about the water crisis in Flint. And now it is time for the news roundup, where we talk about all of the awesome stories of the week. Things that make you laugh, cry, sing purple rain while in the shower and the water hits your face and it blocks out the tears because no one can see the tears in my face. And that's what I have right now. Tears streaming down my face because the great prince has passed away. If you have been living under a rock or you drank too much Hennessy to remember what happened earlier this week, or maybe you're just a horrible person, you did not hear the breaking news that Prince passed away. And as we all sit here in heartbreak, we try to celebrate his life and not be so down about his death because even though he is gone, his music will live forever. Over 23 albums, 10 platinum albums, one album that went double diamond. That means he sold 10 million records twice on the same album. 21 million albums sold on one album. He played over 17 different instruments. He wrote songs. He also changed the whole dynamic of black masculinity. Prince, the legend. No, he definitely was a, a legend. And I mean, his legacy will live on. Rarely do we see music- musicians of that talent and that caliber today. I mean, 17 instruments, that's no easy task. But there's one thing that I, I want to mention. So there's been this um, extensive report in the Daily Mail. Apparently, they had an exclusive interview with Prince's illegal drug dealer. And it turns out that Prince was actually actually spent $40,000 a time on on a 6-month supply of um of pills. So the drug dealer in the Daily Mail is talking about how he was addicted. He was a heavy pill user and more than likely because he was using um illegal pills that, you know, kind of made him feel like it, kind of equivalent to like heroin um because he was using this he may not have told his doctor about his history of drug use and his doctor when he prescribed percocet did not realize that you can't mix the two so it looks like he overdosed on percocet which is the cause of his death now six days before he died he also had he was also rushed to the emergency room for a Percocet overdose, and he had to have a safe shot. A safe shot is something that flushes your system of all drugs. So after he was flushed of his system of all drugs, it was almost like he was in a withdrawal stage because he was taking so many other pills illegally. So what happened was he started taking these pills once again, and it looks like the Percocet is what took him over the edge because he was taking other pills for like 25 years and living a relatively healthy healthy life. It wasn't until he had this lethal dosage. So, I mean, I, the thing is, I was reading this report, and it just brings to light so much, especially when it comes to the war on drugs, especially when it comes to drug use and substance abuse. And, I mean, it's just something that I thought was fascinating. I mean, he's just, he honestly, he's another 
another victim of the growing opiate well, epidemic right. that we have. I mean, in this it, was, it was an interview with okay. an alleged drug dealer. I don't want to. I don't want to like. And it's also the well, Daily Mail. So, yeah. well, but, but think about it. I mean, we're going to find out from the autopsy what led to his death. But if it wasn't a natural cause, if it wasn't an environmental issue, if it wasn't foul play, what was it? I mean, what maybe, maybe, but like, I really don't want to take we'll, the we'll, word. We'll wait till I'll talk. Yeah, like, because it's a drug dealer who just gave an exclusive interview to the Daily Mail. I'm sure they're not doing it because they care. It's not coming from a space of love. It's coming from a space of they paid me a, a certain amount of money to say something. Right. And like, I'm, I'm not really trying to take their word for it. Let's see what the doctors say. Let's see what the family says if they say anything. And the autopsy. He, yeah, he was cremated privately um, on Friday. And his sister, I think, is the one that's going to be the heir to his $300 million fortune. And he had just signed a new deal with Warner Brothers. And apparently he still has 23 albums that have not yet come out yet. So this, yeah, exactly. I'm sure so, he recorded a lot of music that did. will be released posthumously. He did. Yes, Selena. He's, wow. He has more after death albums coming up than Tupac. Wow. Which says a lot. So, Oh, I Tupac's do. still alive, yo. That's Don't right. He's in Mexico. That? So, guys, I, I do. Oh, yeah. Wait, Asada, I want to do um, change gears just a little bit. So, I don't know if you guys saw, um, President Obama had some comments about the Black Lives Matter movement. And he said that, like, at some point they had to stop just yelling at people and actually do something. I did see that. I did see that. So, I want to get you guys' thoughts on it real quick. So what exactly did he. So, hold on. Because the thing is. It wasn't too long ago when President Obama was speaking to police officers and he was saying black lives do matter. And he explained to them that the movement is not anti-police, but it's more so about uh, uh, celebrate appreciating the lives of these black people who keep being shot and killed by police. So let me be clear. It's not that he was bashing them. He was saying that, like, listen, like, we understand that you got our attention, but now that you've got these people's attention. You, you got to ha- stop yelling at us. You like, got to come to the table and talk to us. Yeah, I agree like, with him. He's like, you can't just like you can't just have this like ideological purity. And not deal with us because that doesn't solve any problems. I agree. Black Lives Matter has actively said that they refuse to work with any elected officials. They refuse to engage in the political process. And they have. That's how things, you know, that's part of the problem, right? It's like you want to be anti-establishment and I get that. But also you have to realize that part of the way things get done is when you take your anti-establishment movement and bring it into the mainstream. I mean, that's what President Obama did when he was a community activist and a community organizer. A lot of people forget that he was once an activist just like many of the Black Lives Matter activists are today. But eventually he realized as he got older and more mature that if he wanted to get things done, they were going to have to come to the table and meet with people to work within the system. And I think that's really a big issue that is facing the Black Lives Matter movement. And I say that with, you know, with all respect and with all support of the movement is that there comes a time where, you know, as much as you don't like it, if you really want to see real change, it's got to happen through the political process, and that well, means coming to the table. Well, no, I would push back just a little bit. I, if they don't believe in this political process, and you don't want to work with it, that's fine. So now let's talk about what the other options are. And there are groups that point. they're not necessarily like, you, you might say they're Black Lives Matter adjacent, adjacent, but they're not Black Lives Matter who are doing things like Vision Zero, um, and they're trying to do things. So, like, that's one way of doing things. But you don't win this kind of movement with only one tactic. The civil rights movement was not. We didn't get those victories because of just Mar- Dr. Martin Luther King. There were so many different tactics and ideas and things being thrown out there that, like, it pushed the needle forward. And, like, no one way wins it. So I'm not, I don't want to bash Black Lives Matter for, like, however they function. 
I just want to know what the plan is. Right. No, I think <laughs> I think that's an agreeable point. Um, just to shift gears a second, um, I know we wanted to talk about environmental con- another environmental concern aside from you know what's going on in our own water and our infrastructure here, like we spoke about during this first segment. But what's going on in our oceans? And um, unfortunately, it sort of got overshadowed because the report was released the same day that Prince passed away. Um, but it turns out that Prince was not the only thing that died that day. Apparently, ninety three percent of the Great Barrier Reef, which is the largest life-giving reef in the entire world. It is um, what the scientists are saying, that it's 93% bleached. And what Whoa. that essentially means is that the reef is dying. Wow. Um, more than, and, and, and a lot of people don't realize how much life the reef gives. Um, and so, you know, uh, that's really a big deal. And the reason the reef is dying is because of warm water. And the warm water is directly linked to global climate change. Whoa. So what would be some of the the after effects or consequences of this barrier reef dying? Well, you know, that's a really good question. I don't think, I think that's kind of what scientists are searching to get the answer of. And, um, you know, maybe that's something we'll consider exploring in shows coming up in the next few weeks. Well, theoretically, you can lose an entire species of fish because remember they have to feed off of those. So let's say maybe, and this is just an example, it's not necessarily fact, um, shrimp. Shrimp, like, they're not, like, eating other fish. They're eating, like, plants on the ground. Planktons. Planktons, yeah. So where are those planktons coming from? What are are they eating from? It's all a chain reaction. So you might put, we might be in a situation where we lose all of our salmon or tilapia or whatever it is because of this reef. I mean, it literally can affect all of our global food chain, but it it can affect other things. It can affect entire ecosystems, which in turn can affect humans and impact us beyond just our food supply. So this is really a big deal, and, you know, it's really something we should be paying attention to. No, this is... a huge deal that affects all of us mm. um, and it's very sad and disheartening that it has come to this when it comes to man-made crisis global warming is one of them we yes. just talked about Flint this is another one um, and not for nothing you know like and not to overshadow Prince's death I know you, I think Stanley gave a great eulogy uh, earlier in this segment but it's sort of unfortunate in some ways when you have more people paying attention to the death of not just Prince but other celebrities and yet so little people paying attention to the death of a reef which has such a big impact on our ecosystem and on our lives. No, that's very true. Um, I know we're going to shift gears a bit. We did want to talk about Hillary Clinton. Yeah, so Hillary Clinton on an interview um, with The Breakfast Club, they asked her what's something strange she keeps in her bag and she said hot sauce. Um, Charlemagne, the god who's the host of that show, one of the hosts on the show said, well, some people will think that's pandering and she goes, is it working? And a lot of people were upset about that. Let me just jump in first and say, so? What do you think Bernie Sanders and Hillary, all these politicians have been doing? They pandered They're politicians, one. Two, yeah, she's kept hot sauce in the back for a while. She shouldn't have said it then. It was obviously pandering. But who cares? Be happy we're being pandered to because if they're not pandering to you, that means they don't care about your vote. They're not paying um, attention to you at all. But yeah. he- he- here's the thing. Pander to me about how we are going to stop mass incarceration of black and brown people in the community. Pander to me about how we're going to affect um, education um, in these communities of color. Talking about hot sauce is borderline but offensive. she was asked a question and she yeah. gave an honest answer. Like, also- you know what? You can be pandering, but you can but- still be authentic. Like, yeah. it, she really does keep hot sauce in her bag and she really has for a long time she was asked specifically what's something in your bag that you have that people wouldn't expect you have the answer isn't criminal justice reform <laughs> the answer is I have hot sauce in my bag or and Hennessy. that's something that you wouldn't expect that I'd carry and yeah it may have been pandering but it was authentic and but, also what do you think she's like she talks about all these things you're talking about and she was actually talking about free college tuition on that show it isn't like she was just in it like hey Hillary so what do you have planned for black America I got some hot, hot sauce, sauce right bag. exactly but the thing is like to me again another reason why 
why I just don't take to it is because it's it was so obvious. Like it was just like like Charlamagne also called it out about doing the dab, trying to you know do the Dougie like when they try to do these black dances that they never even heard of. Um, but I don't. It was just a little they too act in like your face. She's the first pol- politician no, that's ever like tried to do a dance, sing a song. I mean, like nobody <laughs> hates on. O- I mean, like you know nobody's hating on Obama when he's doing a bad dad dance. I mean, but he's not well, pandering. He's, he's black. Also black. But, yeah, no, no he's still that. pandering. But he still is pandering. Like, yeah, no, he pandering. is. He is. He really does those what dances you, at home with you, Michelle. What do you think Bernie Sanders is going to Brownsville is pandering? Because you know what? I bet you Bernie but Sanders. But that's is, crucial. He's like, yeah. But do why, that. Then why is Hillary? What she's the doing? The hot sauce is too no, obvious. Listen, but you guys hold it. Everybody wants to. I, 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 I voted for Bernie. Okay, yeah. but Ooh. you know what? Everybody wants to hold Hillary to this ridiculously high standard that they don't hold anybody else to, and yeah. it's just not fair. You know what? It's because Hillary's a strong, powerful woman and everybody wants to hate on her. I just think that people need to take their blinders off. Like, they're both politicians at the end of the day. Yep. And you can find, like, inconsistencies with both of them. If you don't like Hillary because you think she's corrupt, that's fine. Right. But, like, don't don't get mad at her for pandering when Bernie panders and even Trump panders. He went to a Christian school and said he loved the Bible. I can't with him. Two Corinthians. Two Corinthians. Yeah. Well, hold on, real quick. Speaking of the numbers, Harriet Tubman is going to be on the $20 bill we could just take like 20 seconds of reaction of We're Harriet. talk about the white tears. Yes. Let me tell <laughs> you something. Stanley doesn't care about your white tears. Oh, I care all about your white tears. <laughs> I want to be there when you cry your white tears. Let me tell you what's going to happen. In 2030, Becky is going to go to Starbucks and she's going to order a mocha frappe latte with some extra fuzz at the top. And she's going to get that person a $50 bill. That person will be getting paid $15 an hour because Bernie Sanders would have been president for seven terms in a row. <laughs> and then the change will be given back to her and she will get this Negro $20 bill with Harriet Tubman's face in front and Harriet Tubman will say here's your money and Becky will say my goodness where's your manager and then Harriet Tubman will be on that barista's face and she'll say I am the manager and Becky will go home frustrated and mad as a white tear stream down her white face and I I will be there enjoying it all with a cup catching the tears to sip it and regain my youth oh boy so that may or may not happen thank you stanley for that exaggerated ridiculous ridiculous story uh uh, and to help us visualize what white tears are appreciate that in all seriously we're kicking the racers off the bill and we're putting somebody on the bill who not only went back to get some people out of slavery and brought them out of slavery once like she did it over and over and over and over again even putting her own life on the line a lot of people forget that if you want to be a little um, Clarence Thomas, I mean Uncle Tom, Ooh. then she had that hammer ready for you too. And if you don't know what hammer means, it's a gun. And the, Yeah, I was going to say, she was a gun-toting Republican, although that was when Republicans were the more liberal party before the party switched. Yes. Uh, and it also, Sojourner Truth is going to be on the, on the $10 bill. Wow. Well, the thing is, these are American heroes that before this time, which we are very blessed to appreciate and to experience, they were always, I would say, like never thought of like you barely talked about them in history class in public school but now to actually have them on the, the on our dollar bills is something that is huge and it's something that should be celebrated it's because obama's the president he was like you know what we're not just going to put a woman on the money we're putting a black woman on the money do it That's they need right. to put michelle obama and beyonce on the money okay <laughs> then i will be completely satisfied <laughs> could you imagine you about to go spending 20 dollars on something ignorant you know, and you, and harriet tubman just looks at you like you sh- this is what i i did all this walking Stanley for said he's gonna throw 20s at the strip club he's gonna be throwing tubman's at the strip club yeah, because now instead of making it rain you're empowering them stop it anyway <laughs> yeah considering that we are the 
48th country to put women on money. We're not number one. Oh, yay! <laughs> it's about time, America. It's about time. All Welcome right, guys. To when this I put that tub in on sunshine, I'll be the first one to put it on a stripper at oh. Sin City, okay? All right, guys. So we're going <laughs> to. Whoa. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the voting election fiasco that happened here in New York City, specifically in Brooklyn. Don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York.